And good day to you all. Patrick Wood, Citizens for Free Speech, founder and director. We're here with another issue, another episode. I believe it's episode 21 of Stand and Deliver. This is going to be a national broadcast this time. And I'm happy to be with a gentleman by the name of Scott Moosey. And we're here to be talking about a special topic that has free speech implications all across the country. And I'm excited to bring you this material because likely it's something that you're not too familiar with. Uh, Many people are not. Uh, I was not as familiar as I should have been with it, but this whole concept that we're going to talk about today, I want you to listen very, very carefully to what we have to say or what Scott has to say. And as we get into this, we'll ask questions and so on. If you have questions, you can email me back uh, at the website at citizensforfreespeech.org. And let me remind you as well, if you are not currently a member of Citizens for Free Speech, you need to go there and become a member. And if you are on mobile, tablet, or cell phone, you can simply text the letters CFFS to 313131. You'll get a link back immediately, and you can just simply sign up right there on the spot. So having said that as an introduction, we're going to dive right into it. Scott, welcome to our podcast. We are called Stand and Deliver. You are standing and delivering here in Arizona. And uh, give us a give us a snapshot of, of uh, how you got to where you are today. I know you're with the Arizona the Free Enterprise Club here in Arizona. Been around for a long time, but and you've been director for a while. But give us an idea of where you come from and what your passions are. Thank you, Patrick, for having me today. Uh, yes, I'm uh, I'm the president of the Arizona Free Enterprise Club. Um, we're a state-based pro-growth free market advocacy organization um, here in Arizona. Um, focused on state-based issues here, um, uh, largely uh, focused on tax, regulatory policy, but also um, free speech and First Amendment issues and protecting our right, um, especially our right to exercise our beliefs and our what we can say um, without fear of reprisals or, or uh, punishment from, from government. And so uh, working on those different issues, uh, glad to come on this podcast today because get to talk about one of the, the ways that we empower um, Arizonans and our activists throughout the state to not only exercise their free speech rights, but actually on issues right now that are impacting Arizona that could take away people's free speech rights. So um, uh, we're, we're hoping that our ability to do that and our exercising our First Amendment rights will help protect it, dealing with uh, uh, especially one ballot initiative that's looking to qualify um, in November um, the change to make sweeping changes to our um, to our uh, election campaign finance and uh, initiative laws here in Arizona. And we have, as, as a free speech issue, we have said for a long time that a person's right to vote and right to be heard in the political arena is just absolutely central to citizen to people having free speech. And to the extent where our electoral process is degraded in any way or people are limited in any way from participating is not good. When we get down to the topic of uh, the discussion of uh, the arguments that can appear on a ballot, most everybody understands what I'm talking about. There are always initiatives that are listed on many ballots that have gotten there by one way or another, usually by citizen initiative. And um, how do those arguments get there? Well, we're, we're going to talk about some of this stuff today, and I, Scott has got done a lot of work on this and is doing a lot of work right now. This is one way that we can help to improve, I think, the integrity of our election election process to get more information out to people as to what these things mean when people go vote for them. So, Scott, why don't you start out with a basic definition of, of 
you know, what we're talking about here and, and just enlighten people as to where the process works, where it doesn't work, et cetera. Yes, Patrick. Uh, as you mentioned, Arizona is one of and one of several states that allows for the submission of ballot initiatives to the ballot. Um, you know, proposed law changes um, uh, that uh, can uh, both statutory and constitutional here in the state. Um, in that process, um, as that moves forward, um, every cycle, a, a pamphlet, a publicity pamphlet is mailed to every registered voter in the state of Arizona um, that includes information on all the different ballot initiatives that will appear on the ballot. And included in that publicity pamphlet are ballot arguments submitted by voters of Arizona um, where they can either submit arguments either in favor or against proposed ballot initiatives that have made the ballot. Uh, and so it, what you'll do is and you'll see a lot of times is when these get mailed out, people will go through, read these ballot arguments so they can learn more about what these initiatives are really doing. Because a lot of times you can read the language and you're not quite sure. The ballot arguments can often help fill in the details for voters as they're going and reviewing these different proposals. What we do as an organization and what the club, uh, Free Enterprise Club, has engaged on the last couple election cycles is to do an education program where we meet with um, meet with voters, walk them through on the process on how to submit ballot arguments, um, talk a little bit about the, the, the ballot initiatives themselves, um, give them details on what they what's in there so people feel comfortable on how to submit an ar argument to here in Arizona, it would be the Secretary of State's office. Uh, and to do so, uh, you would submit it, and actually everything now has been all um, electronic. Now you can submit them all online if you want to. Does it cost money to do that? Uh, Patrick, yes, it does. If you want to submit a ballot argument, it's $75. Uh, and so what a lot of people will do is you can go online. Um, you can uh, put in your um, ballot argument. In fact, they provide a template there where you can just copy and paste your proposed argument on the website. And then the submission is 75 bucks. When you do that and you make that submission, um, you will provide some information, your name, um, your, your address, um, your, your uh, phone number, uh, but um, none of that information's disclosed in the publicity pamphlet. All that'll be in there is just your name and the city you live in. So you won't have to disclose any personal information when, when submitting your ballot argument uh, to be submitted in the publicity pamphlet. Now, what are the requirements, actually, when you go there? There's some kind of screening, I'm sure, that has to be done to determine that you're qualified or authorized, whatever, to make a comment in the first place. But what, what's the process? What do you have to you have to prove citizenship or? Interestingly enough, I, I, in our experience, um, there is there is some screening, but it mostly deals with um, whether or not you're submitting comments that are um, that contain uh, profane language or threatening comments. Um, uh, otherwise, there isn't a, a large amount of screening by the Secretary of State to determine whether or not somebody is a legal or not legal resident, um, or um, is who they say they are, to the extent that they can, if they are suspicious of that, they can contact um, people if they do believe it's a fake ballot argument or being some, submitted by somebody that's not eligible. Um, so there is some screening by the Secretary of State, but other than you being an Arizona resident, and you don't use profane language, you don't do anything that's threatening um, in your in your proposed argument, all ballot arguments that are submitted do get published. Uh, there, so you pay the 75 bucks, you have a right to be heard. Is that, uh, now, of course, in any any given initiative, uh, what if 10, if 10 people, say, uh, submit, an out, submit a comment, 
argument. Will all 10 be published, or is there some kind of a lottery process that limits it, like maybe only five or four? Hey, Patrick, there is no limit. Okay. Um, any arguments that are submitted, they get published. Um, and so we've had situations last election cycle, uh, we were working to educate the public and to get people to submit comments on, um, uh, it was initiative, it was Proposition 208, uh, designed to, which would have uh, doubled our state income tax here in Arizona. An initiative that we were against, but we also wanted to give the public and make sure the public knew about it and had a right to submit arguments. Uh, we had over 130 arguments that were submitted on that initiative alone against Proposition 208. Um, back in 2018, um, there was one dealing with um, that would have mandated disclosure of um, anyone that uh, um, engaged in their First Amendment rights under the Constitution uh, to support different organizations, whether it be the Free Enterprise Club or your organization, Patrick. And uh, they believed and the government believed that you were doing something that was somehow influencing an election, whether it was a candidate or an issue um, under that measure. Uh, they would have been, all those organizations would have been required to not only disclose all their donors, but everybody they affiliated with. Mm -hmm. um, on that initiative, which we opposed, we had over 50 arguments submitted against the measure um, in opposition to that, uh, that donor, mandated donor, donor disclosure initiative. So there is no limit. Um, we go out and try to encourage as many citizens um, here in Arizona to submit arguments um, and uh, get them submitted to the Secretary of State. Wow. You know, I would stop short of uh, using the word propaganda here, but my experience with initiatives, at least here in Arizona, has been that the title is often the exact opposite of what the thing is all about. They're, it seems like they're intentionally made oblique so that you can't understand what the heck the title means. And except that you'd read some of the comments to find out what other people are saying it means, that is probably those who have actually read the initiative in detail and done some analysis on it. Um, the average person is going to look at those titles and think it means the exact opposite of what it ought to mean and leads them to vote in the wrong direction. Am I, am I being too paranoid on that or has that kind of been the case? No, Patrick, that's exactly been the case. The, the initiatives themselves that are submitted where they collect signatures, the citizens initiatives, uh, there is no requirement that anything they put um, forward on the ballot goes through any sort of independent review or, um, independent, you know, analysis to identify if they are trying to be misleading. So, so when you look at a lot of these initiatives, they are given very flowery titles, things that, you know, it's always the puppies and kittens act that you just, oh, who could be against this? It's for puppies and kittens. When in reality, most of these measures have nothing to do with that. Uh, it, in fact, in Arizona, the last couple election cycles, the vast majority of measures that have been put forward as citizens initiatives have been, received millions and millions of dollars to pay paid circulators mm. to flood the streets to collect signatures, often funded by out-of-state groups from Arizona, um, a lot of times out-of-state liberal billionaires or um, organizations located in Washington, D.C. that pay to put, it, put measures on the ballot. And we're seeing that right now on a couple of the measures that we're actively working to educate the public on and to get people to submit ballot arguments um, in opposition to. I know that I know that the the initiative concept is uh, pretty much universal across the country. I know that at least I haven't heard anything to the contrary. I suppose that every state has that possibility because that's a conduit where citizens can get directly involved with making law versus having to go through uh, the legislature, the assembly, or the senate 
and or having to appeal to a governor to write executive order or whatever. This gives us this gives uh, individual citizens more or less a direct shot at at calling the shots on a on a on a given law. So initiatives created by a citizen, maybe a citizen group, but still they're citizens. They're not elected legislators. They get that ballot out there onto the onto the uh, electable elect in the electoral process where people can vote on it. And if, if they vote it up, uh, then it becomes law. If they vote it down, it, uh, it gets killed. Uh, and is, is this a fair concept across the country, or are there any states that are holding out on this where they don't allow citizen input like this? Um, Patrick, most of the states uh, in the Western U.S. have some, has a, some have some form of a, a initiative or process, um, initiative or referendum process. It's much more common, especially uh, Rocky Mountains to um, to California. And a lot of that is because uh, the idea of creating this type of initiative process that you were describing was, was more of a progressive era concept, late 19th, early 20th century um, idea. There are some states um, back east that do have it, but not to the extent, um, for example, that Arizona has. And uh, and in theory, it sounds great. You, you like the idea of having citizens be able to directly petition their government um, if they believe that their legislature or, or governor is is uh, not being responsive to what the what the public wants um, and believe that special interests maybe are kind of controlling the process more than the people. Um, the idea is to give give an outlet. Um, the problem is is that, and this came up right after even after Arizona became a state and was realized was an issue, was that. It, nothing prevented somebody that maybe had um, a few million bucks from going out and hiring, for example, hiring paid circulators to go around and put a pet issue that they cared about on the ballot and paying to get people to to, to sign a petition. Because oftentimes you go out on the street and somebody says, hey, sign this, sign this petition. It'll give people the right to decide whether or not they like puppies and kittens. Uh, most people haven't read the measure or know exactly what's in it. They sign it. Um, they're told that, oh, don't worry, this isn't actually passing anything. You're going to get an opportunity to vote on it later. And so they go out and it makes it very easy to collect signatures on these types of ideas. Uh, so uh, while, the, while the initiative process can be um, an outlet in, in certain situations, what we see now more often than not is that it gets, it gets abused. You have these very wealthy groups in Arizona, often from out of state, California, as I mentioned before, Washington D.C. that come in and spend four, five, six million dollars to um, collect signatures and put something on the ballot. Right. So what started as a good thing ended up getting abused in the end, even though it still could be a good thing if it's exercised properly. But the most important part of of making an argument for or against, I suppose, in many cases against, that's usually the way I have felt in the past, say, fifteen years in Arizona here that. Hasn't been a whole lot of good stuff come through that I really agreed with. But the importance of getting your argument into the system on places where abuse is potentially going to occur is very important. Some, it was seen to me sometimes that may be the only chance you really get to make your opinion known is by making an argument. Am I right? You're absolutely correct, Patrick. And and there's, yeah. we're really powerless. It's not really in our control on whether or not somebody goes out and does collect signatures and tries to put something on the ballot. Uh, you know, it, so, um, but we do control and what we do have power over is whether or not we're going to make our voices heard on these different ideas on whether or not they're good ideas or bad ideas. And the publicity pamphlet and submitting a ballot argument is a great way and an effective way for just a regular citizen who, who wants to participate in this and spend the 75 bucks. They can get their argument seen by every registered voter 
in the state of Arizona. Yes. Um, that is, it, for a very nominal amount of money, um, you can have a very, very large voice. And so that's why we're very active in encouraging people to participate in this process. I really like that, that, that concept, you know, pay-per-view. A lot of people, I'm sure, are going to say, 75 bucks, what, mess? that's a ripoff. It can't, you know, that's not right. It should be free. Well, I'll tell you what, if you consider, if you like to write, if you want to get your ideas out to a lot of people, this is one way to get it spread across the whole state and only cost you 75 bucks. I don't know any other place you can get that kind of impact for a few bucks. And if you don't have 75 bucks, okay, fine. You're not going to make a statement. Maybe you could go get 10 friends to chip in a few bucks and you come up with 75 bucks. But I can't think of a better way to get your message out to the exposed to the entire state, whatever that might be, um, at one time. And, of course, that doesn't mean every person that gets a ballot is going to read your statement. I mean, if there's 50 statements in there, it's almost like a small book. They might not. Uh, but then again, they might. And um, uh, that also requires, um, as I'm just thinking about this, it also really requires you to have a pretty good knowledge or understanding of what the initiative is in the first place. That would... That would imply that you need to read it and study it and be intelligent about it before you really start to write your comment. Am, mm-hmm. am I catching that yeah. right, too? You're absolutely right, Patrick. And and that's another, another aspect of this that we really like is that if people do get engaged and look to write ballot arguments, they do become more informed on the issue. And what we have found is that individuals that do decide to step forward and write arguments, they often get involved in other ways in the election process to educate voters on what's going on, whether it's, you know, getting more involved um, in their local community to talk about these different measures or maybe getting involved in social media where they can they feel comfortable or confident being able to either uh, discuss the issue or refute misinformation that's being put out. Um, so we, we find that this entire process is very is very uh, conducive to actually increasing the amount of civic engagement um, that we see here in Arizona on these different issues. Well, I would think that's uh, absolutely true. And, uh, you know, if you're uh, even if you're just somebody that hardly ever goes out anywhere or maybe you're working in an LD here in Arizona, uh, maybe you're a, a committeeman where you write a report, you write an argument, you send it in, pay the money, get it, get it accepted. And now you have something that you can go back and show your friends <laughs> You can show other people in your in your LD, for instance, you know, this argument I put in and it's going to be published. Tell everybody about it. Get a lot of publicity. There's lots of ways to get mileage out of this, not just the fact that you put it into, you know, a pamphlet that's going to go out to all, you know, all these voters. But also you it gives you back a tool that you can kind of, let's say, kind of crow about. Say, well, I spent time researching this and so on. And here we go. This is what this is what I think. That carries a lot of weight with uh, with voters on the ground. Patrick, you would be surprised at at how many people that actually do go through and read all of these different arguments um, and take the time to review yeah. uh, these these publicity pamphlets. I've attended meetings where in the during the election season where I'm going around the state and I'm giving talks to different groups, whether it be LD groups, um, clubs, to talk about all the different ballot initiatives. Uh, we will I will encounter people all over the place that have the publicity pamphlet with them. And not just with them, but they have it where they have highlighted different things they've they have read in different ballot arguments. Um, so what you're talking about, Patrick, as far as people going back to their district, there will be people that'll read it. Um, they will they will uh, um, they will take it you know take whatever they um, see in there 
and use it at these different meetings, it'll go much further than people realize. And you'll be shocked at how many people go through and take the time to to study these these documents. They they'll often look at these more more closely and treat them as something more authoritative than they would from the typical mailer that gets sent to their house by the campaign committee urging them to vote yes or vote no. Right, exactly. Well, this is a fantastic concept. And aside from the fact whether initiatives are good or bad, I can see where the abuse comes in and stuff, it still can become a lightning rod for local citizen activism to get involved and to make your voice known, your opinion known to a whole lot of people in a short period of time that might spark some other discussion, whether the uh, initiative passes or fails, it still is going to spark an argument that, that may well benefit your, your position or your group or whatever you're trying to accomplish um, by making an argument in the first place. But um, one thing that we definitely need to, I think, kind of bring out is what kind of, what, what's the mechanical process of writing a good argument? Um, I know it's, you, you don't want to just sit down and start spraying out words because you're mad or you're, you know, you think somebody's an idiot or something like that. There's got to be some type of, um, uh, you know, journalistic boundaries or some common sense things that would go into writing a good argument, uh, pro or con. Mm-hmm. What do you tell people when you when you're talking to them? Like, hey, get with it, write an, you know, make up something here. How do you tell them to approach it? Well, Patrick, what what we've actually done is we put together a short program that we go and we talk to different groups on how to how to do this. And then on top of that, um, after we get a discussion on how to do it, then a discussion about here are the different measures and here are some things that you can consider including as far as uh, various subject points that you can talk about uh, when discussing these different measures. And so on your first question about the mechanics, um, uh, through the Arizona Free Enterprise Club. Uh, if anybody wanted to go to our website and take a look at signing up, um, you can get invited to or receive some of this information. Um, it's www.azfree.org. Um, you can visit our website and, and uh, learn more about how to get involved in, in this our argument process. But specifically for submitting them, we go through and explain um, to do this is that uh, you have to understand what you can and can't do with the argument, which is, the ballot argument can be no longer than 300 words, has to be less than 300 words, um, has to be um, about one of the initiatives and beyond topic. Um, again, as I mentioned before, no profanity, no threats. Um, you have to stick to the, the subject and topic that you have. Um, and then all arguments then are submitted online at the portal, and we provide all that information. And then if people do need additional assistance, we tell them to contact us directly. We're happy to, we're happy to facilitate any person and work with any person looking to submit ballot arguments um, into the publicity pamphlet. So our organization will partner with people and work directly with them to help them navigate that process itself. Then the second part of our presentation, as I mentioned before, we then talk specifically about a couple of the different measures. Um, This election cycle, as I mentioned before, one of them that we're we're highlighting for people is one that does have one of those flowery names. It's it's called Arizonans for Free and Fair Elections. Um, we're, We're calling it the AZ Corrupt Elections Act. Um, because it's 25 pages of just all kinds of different election law, campaign finance law, um, initiative law changes um, that would transform how elections and our speech rights exist here in Arizona. And so we've highlighted, you know, about about eight to 10 different um, arguments or things that people could say in a ballot argument if they're going to be submitting them. Um, Nobody has to use them. 
Um, you don't have to use all of them. You can just use one of our suggested um, ideas. Uh, but we provide that as kind of a template or, and suggestions for people to use um, if they would like to submit ballot arguments um, uh, here in Arizona. You know, some arguments um, could be expressed in more than 300 words, I am sure, uh, especially the ones that are really complex, might bring up a number of issues that, you know, thing fails on. Um, I wouldn't think it would be out of bounds for, say, for instance, uh, say there's, you know, two or three LDs in a particular district that say, hmm, we, list, we need to gang up on this. We really need to put a thing on it. If they could essentially coordinate their comments between the three of them, right? You know, different points, whatever. Each one of them submit, pay the $75, submit their argument. And the entire argument for whatever they want to, you know, protest the thing for, the entire argument would actually get in uh, just three different people submitting 300-word arguments. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can absolutely uh, do that. And we do, we'll work with uh, different groups and say, you know, whatever you feel comfortable. And some groups, maybe they're, um, they might be one thing in the, the ballot initiative that they really don't like. We'll help work with them on highlighting that and maybe highlighting it in different ways on the arguments they submit. Um, okay. Two other things I'll mention as well, too, is, is that um, a, some, an individual is not limited to being the only name on an argument that is submitted. So if individuals wanted to you know, band together and, and say there's five people, but they all five didn't want to write their own ballot argument, but they wanted to work together and write one, they could yes. submit that ballot argument and then list all their names as part of that ballot argument that's being submitted. Nothing, nothing prevents uh, a group of people from doing that. Um, so that's an option as well, too. So it could be, for instance, uh, one person could write an argument, and if they're friends or they have contact, say, with their, their, um, their local state assemblyman, they could go perhaps and say, hey, would you put your name on my argument? And uh, that could help them maybe get a little bit more credibility perhaps out of the argument when it's uh, when it's published with both names it's yeah it would be up to them on how that would how they would want yeah. to do that yeah um, okay there are some limit limitations as far as if you're an organization or a group on on being able to do that um, but as pri as regular citizens that are just as individuals um, they they can absolutely uh, band together and submit arguments on behalf of a couple different people nothing nothing prevents them from doing that Right, and as I remember, uh, just I'm just trying to kind of thinking back to some uh, some ballots I've had my hands on, I guess, in the past. <clears throat> um, it's also possible to put a group name on as a submitter. Is that correct, also, or does it, it have to be can, a person? You can do it as a group name, but generally it, it would be have to be an existing group, I would imagine. Yeah, I don't. We've never tried to submit it as like make up a group name and submit it under that. I, to be honest, yeah. we've never tried that before. I don't know what the Secretary yeah. of State would say if you did yeah. try to do that. But for okay. existing organizations, uh, people that are members of existing organizations, nothing precludes them under that organization to submit their names individually under that group um, as part of the ballot argument. Okay. Um, how can somebody from outside of Arizona check in their own state to find out what they can and cannot do vis-a-vis, -vis, you know, arguments like this? What, what would you tell them? My advice to anybody around the country, and, and I would, and from, uh, discussions with other states is a lot of other states have similar processes to what we have here, which is they do have publicity pamphlets um, and you can submit ballot arguments um, to them. Um, I would contact um, whatever your state election department is. Here in Arizona, it's the Secretary of State's office. In other states, it might be called something different. I would contact your state elections office and inquire on, on the process on submitting any sort of um, arguments for publicity pamphlets on proposed uh, ballot measures. I would also want to highlight as well, too, and, and it's different for every state, is there are deadlines on when you can submit ballot arguments. 
Here in Arizona, the deadline is July 6th. So we're about three weeks away um, from the deadline for uh, ballot arguments here. Um, other states, that deadline might be different. So you want to know when the deadline is because um, obviously once you get past the deadline, they, no more submissions are allowed. That's uh, that's probably good advice. I would encourage everybody around the country to to immediately do a little bit of inquiry on your state. Um, you know, get a hold of a sample ballot, see what's on it, and uh, you know that will probably lead you into the process of making a comment. If you don't see any comments on even on the sample ballot ballot or place for it, maybe you don't have it. But it pays to check these kinds of things because this is this is basically really low hanging fruit. Or somebody who wants to exercise their free speech rights in their in their state and in their community, um, it, it's it's sometimes hard for a lot of people to find a place where they can exercise their rights, their what we consider to be unalienable rights, um, to like the the things in the First Amendment, for instance, free speech, freedom of the press, etc. And uh, a lot of people struggle with this. They just well, I don't know where to start. I don't know what to do. Um, this seems to me like it's very, very low-hanging fruit for somebody to get involved and do something very meaningful at the same time, not only just for self-reinforcement, but also for all the people around the state who are going to read what you write, uh, potentially, and uh, also for the you know for the encouragement you can give others as you go out and tell your story, because I'll tell you what, if you pay the 75 bucks and you know uh, that your, your argument is going to get published, you have something to talk about. You're going to be proud of that. You're going to go talk to other people about it. and say, gee, I never thought about that before. I wondered what that title meant. I wonder what that initial was about. Well, you could talk to them now because you know something about it. And all of a sudden, you are involved in civic affairs. And it was easy to get into it. It's, uh, you know, all of a sudden, you're impacting other people personally now. And I can't think of a more, really, one of the more easy ways to get into civic engagement than doing something like this. So by all means, uh, my friends, dig into it in your state and see what you can do. And if you're in Arizona, and, and by the way, uh, Scott, we do have about 50,000 members nationwide uh, in Citizens for Free Speech right now, about somewhere, about, I think, 1,800, 1,900 members in Arizona. And so I know a lot of Arizonas are going to be listening to this broadcast. And what I want to say to my Arizona <laughs> cellmates, in a sense, I want to say, get with it. Work on this. Get, you know, uh, contact Scott and his organization and if you need to. And get some help on this, and get your voice heard on some of these uh, some of these uh, ballot initiatives that are coming up. Some might be maybe okay; others probably will be something you don't want any part of in Arizona. And you can have a significant impact on turning people away from voting for those initiatives if you you know if you get in the in the game early. So um, we're up against our thirty minute uh, mark here, Scott, but. I, I think I would just kind of ask an opening question to close this out. Is there anything significant that we've missed in our discussion here? Now, Patrick, I would say that your description on how to get people involved, and this is a very, very easy way, um, especially for those that have never taken a first step on engaging in any sort of um, you know process, whether related to an election, an easy one to do and a good one to do. And so anyone um, nationally that's looking for more information would like to know whether or not um, our organizations, if they want to reach out, is happy to try to um, facilitate that and work with anybody looking to get involved in submitting ballot arguments in their own states. Here in Arizona, if you're interested in getting uh, trained on how to submit a ballot argument here in Arizona, um, don't hesitate to reach out to our organization. As I mentioned before, our website is www.azfree.org. 
visit there and you can uh, reach out to us directly and uh, we're happy to talk with anybody to give them the details on how to submit arguments and also provide information on the different um, initiatives that have that are being proposed and our recommendations on whether or not that to support or oppose them i'll put the link in the in the content area below this uh, podcast and people can click on it i think probably just go right there if they choose to and by all means do your own research if you're out of state if you're in state take action start now uh start it early tell your friends about it that they can do it too if you know somebody else get involved tell them it's great 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 idea Scott, I want to thank you for sharing with uh, our membership across the country, but especially for those in Arizona, that uh, you, you've got a great thing, thing going here. It's, it's right up our, uh, our alley with, with free speech and you know promoting free speech. We say often, by the way, that use the argument of, of a tree in the forest. If, if the tree falls and there's nobody there, does it make a sound? <laughs> and uh, the First Amendment is kind of like that. First Amendment rights exist. They're in, they're in print. You can see them there. But if people do not exercise those rights, do they really have them? This is kind of, you know, yeah, how many angels fit on the head of a pen, I realize. But there is an argument to be made. You can talk about free speech all day long, as long as you want. But if you are not doing it, you better question whether or not you really have the practicality of free speech in your life, because you may not. So that's just a thought to part with. And uh, perhaps we'll run across Scott again. I hope you guys take action and contact his website. As I said, the description will contain the link to his website. And uh, otherwise, don't call me in the mechanics of it. I don't. I don't have nearly as much as what Scott has. So just go out and go out and do it. Wait into it and see how you go. So I'm Pat Wood for uh, Citizens for Free Speech. In any case, we want to stand and deliver here, and we want you to stand and deliver as well. So until next time, I believe this is the closeout of episode 21. It's amazing we're already here at 21 episodes of Stand and Deliver. Thank you for coming and listening. Please do share this with everybody you know. And remember, you can text the letter CFFS to 313131 on your mobile device, especially, and you will immediately get back a link. You can join with us at Citizens for Free Speech. Until next time, take care.